Welcome to the Wellness Within podcast. We are a nonprofit wellness center for patients, survivors, caregivers, and families affected by the trauma of cancer. We provide a wide range of services that enhance an individual's ability to experience quality of life. And we believe that everyone should have access to our programs and conversations, which are offered freely to ensure that no one is ever denied the support they need. If you find inspiration in what we share, we invite you to consider supporting Wellness Within through a donation. Your generosity enables us to continue offering these valuable resources to our community. To make a donation and contribute to the well-being of those facing cancer, please visit our website at wellnesswithin.org or click the link in the episode description. Your support makes a difference. So thank you for being a vital part of our mission. Together, we empower whole person well-being, bridging gaps, and reconnecting to what is most meaningful. Statistically, we're impacted emotionally by cancer for five years after treatment. Most people don't know that, right? You know, a year, two years later, everyone around them is saying, you're well, your hair's back, you're strong, like you're super happy, right? And you're inside, you're like, no, I'm still sad. I still feel broken. I still have all these things. But it's hard to say that because people around you have such different expectations. Welcome to Wellness Within. We would like to thank Koinonia Family Services, Consolidated Communications, and Merchants Bank of Commerce, who in part sponsor this podcast. Join us for relaxing meditations and enlivening conversations about topics that support wellness in the presence of cancer. To access our class schedule, to make a donation, or to sign up for our newsletter, please visit wellnesswithin.org. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Within podcast. We are so grateful for this podcast platform so that we can speak to experts in different fields, survivors, and also other amazing organizations that are doing important work in the cancer community. We are honored today to be speaking with Lauren Huffmaster, who is the founder of Adventure Therapy Foundation. If you've not yet heard of them or their new program, Rise, tune into this whole episode to find out from the founder herself. She will be sharing with us a bit of her journey, her organization, and we'll also be talking about the power of healing together with community. So welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, to start our conversation, will you share with us and our listeners a bit about you and your story? Sure. So when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, my children were two, four, and six. So I was a young, very busy mom at the time. And I knew right away that cancer was impacting my children. It was shifting how they thought about life. I noticed in them that they weren't laughing as much. They weren't playing as much. There was just sort of a cloud over our whole family. And at the time I didn't I didn't know what I, that it would become adventure therapy, but, but really this is where my story began. So I was diagnosed at the age of 35 and I went through all stage three treatments. So I had chemo, radiation, five, six, seven surgeries, all sorts of things going on for the first year or two. 
And then at the very end, when they're supposed to give me my final baseline scan to say, you're all clear, go on your merry way, we found out that I had metastatic breast cancer. So I never really exited the stage three treatment. I just went straight into stage four treatment. And I have been living with metastatic disease about six and a half years. Um, three years ago, I uh, had a no evidence of disease scan, and I have remained no evidence of disease since that time. So that takes off a lot of pressure, of course, but being metastatic, you never quite feel comfortable. There's always that question in the back of your mind. There's always that, hmm, is this crick in my neck good or bad? You know, so there's always that hanging around you, but it is a wonderful blessing to not need to proceed through different treatments every year. When I, when I was diagnosed with stage four, I really wanted to make this something that was meaningful for us. I, I knew that cancer wasn't just one year of my life, like they say when you're stage three, mm -hmm. but it was going to become our life. And I wanted to make sure that it didn't define us in a negative way, but instead we took this and did something meaningful and powerful. And so within months of my diagnosis, I went out and started Adventure Therapy Foundation, founded wow. it, and really with the kids in mind, thinking about how cancer impacts my family, trying to define that, trying to look at these emotional side effects of cancer that no one talks about. It's not very well articulated mm -hmm. and really give people the tools to make sure cancer is not impacting the next generation already. Wow. And I'm sure so many listeners can relate and empathize with your story in one way or another. I know I sure can in listening to you. And hearing, though, that you were carrying this burden of all that comes with the cancer diagnosis and, and seeing the impact on your family and knowing that you needed to find a pathway forward, right? So that it's not this negative cloud anymore. So to hear that that's how Adventure Therapy Foundation developed is so beautiful because you're right, that emotional and psychological effects of a cancer diagnosis, it not only affects the one that's diagnosed, right? It's very deeply impacting the family unit as well because that trauma occurs within the family unit. So as, as part of your organization, what you guys do, I know you send families out on retreats in nature, right? That's part of one of the things you do. So why do you think it is that adventure and, and time and, and nature helps individuals and families heal? So for me, my, my philosophy is really around three things, fear, isolation, and minimizing brokenness through cancer. And one of the things is fear makes you feel is like that you're trapped, that you're stuck right where you are. You can't really see beyond your circumstances. You really have this, what I call tunnel vision. And so much of what's happening around you, even the solutions around you are just, it's just overwhelming. You can't really see beyond where you are. When I found it, the moment I founded Adventure Therapy, I was actually backpacking in Yosemite and I looked, I was at this, this high place and I looked out and when I looked out, I could see all around me, all these trees and the animals and the grass and the wind. And, and I could see this horizon view. And I stopped there and I, I said, this is what I want to offer people. It's like the opposite of fear, right? It's not this tunnel vision where I can only see one thing, but it's how everything is so integrated and how we have this 
so many options around us. And what I wanted to offer was give people that feeling again, because we need each other. We need relationship in order to thrive. And just like in nature, the birds and the animals and the grass and the wind and all the things work together to create those beautiful spaces. And with one of those things gone, it all sort of crumbles. And yet with cancer, we take away relationships because we're having to pull back because we're sick. We take away a lot of our options and, and the ways we, we are defined in life. And we, we really get tunneled into this one way of thinking. And it's not our fault. We're, we're sick. We're dealing with so many things. But mm-hmm. I didn't want people to stay there. There's a season for that, right? When you're in treatment and you're just sleeping and you don't feel well. But that season ends. And sometimes we linger in that mental space longer than we have to. And what I really wanted to offer people was this horizon view where you can look around and see all your options. And even though you may not be the same person you were before cancer, you still want to move forward. You want to, you want to find those relationships, even if they're all new relationships, you still want to find people, you want to find things to engage in, and you want to have this, this horizon of opportunities available to you. And so I send people into nature so they can remember what that feels like. A lot of the time we're sending families out right after treatment. And I just want to give them permission to take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're in treatment, again, we're in these boxes. We go from this little white box that where you talk to your doctor to a little white curtain or space where you get treatment. And you just have, you end up with this box mentality where this belongs here and that belongs there and, and nothing really integrates very well. And so I want to send people back into the spaces that remind us how we thrive, right? How we live well. And that is something that you can breathe in. You can just observe and it sort of shed those boxes in your brain and lets you remember how to start again. That's really beautiful. That's yeah. Going back to remembering your true nature. I was reading recently too, about how just to kind of add to that, Lauren, because that Seriously, that is amazing that you guys are giving this gift to to people. But and when I was reading recently, was that more than fifty percent of people now live in urban areas by twenty fifty? I think is that proportion will be about seventy percent. And so urbanization has many benefits. There's so much greatness that comes out of urbanization, but there's also some associations with increased illness and things like depression. So. What's cool to find is that there's research showing that even brief interactions with nature can soothe our brains. And Stanford conducted a study in which participants took, you know, a 50 minute walk in either a nature or urban environment. And the people that took the nature walk experienced decreased anxiety, decreased negative emotions and increased memory performance. So, so getting out into nature, connecting with loved ones in nature, away from that hustle and bustle of urban areas is really a gift, like I said. And I love that that is part of what your organization has been doing to get outside into nature and to have an adventure. And so kind of going now into to what you have recently launched too, if I may, is Rise. Can you tell us a bit more about that and why you decided to create that? I created Rise. Rise has been many years in the coming because I've been trying to figure out the best way to start showing, bringing to the light or articulating the emotional side effects of cancer. I've had to create a lot of language around what we're doing because no one's done it before. Um, Again, we talk about co-survivors, our family members, because they are going through this 
process with us. And on the other side, when we're all survivors, they have experienced cancer alongside of us. And so there's just this whole idea of how our family units move through cancer and how we're all emotionally impacted. And that's really around the work I'm doing. But RISE is a platform where I say we're acknowledging and addressing these emotional side effects of cancer, all the ways cancer impacts us besides our physical health, our finances, our relationships, our level of risk and fear and engagement, you know, all of these pieces of us that are impacted for years. Statistically, we're impacted emotionally by cancer for five years after treatment. Treatment ends in a year or so, but but our emotional health is impacted for years, yet. Most people don't know that, right? They, you know, a year, two years later, they, everyone around them is saying, you're well, your hair's back, you're strong. Like you should be, you're super happy, right? And you're inside, you're like, no, I'm still sad. Like I still feel broken. I still have all these things, but it's hard to say that because people around you have such different expectations. But what I'm trying to do is demonstrate what a typical emotional response to cancer is. I want us to know this is typical, right? What we're presenting on rise is what we're all going through, but we're probably just not talking about it because it's not expected. We we didn't know that this is what's going on, but We all have to mourn, you know, for not only the year we've lost with cancer and all that treatment and all the physical changes and the identity changes and maybe the relationship changes. We have to mourn that season. Then we have to find our strength and decide who we want to be now. Right. We have to begin again. We have to find new dreams, even with the risks that we have in our life now. You know, some of our innocence is sort of gone after we have a cancer diagnosis. We don't maybe dream of living to be 105 and, you know, doing all these things. We have a little bit of shift in our expectations in life, but we can shift, but not give everything up. We don't have to give away our dreams completely, but we do have to shift and acknowledge that shift to ourselves. And then, yeah, mourn for the dreams that we had and say, maybe these are what I will always dream, but I still want to dream, you know? And so what I'm trying to do is create a space where we can all feel known. I've brought on experts in their field who are also impacted by cancer. So these experts, for example, are child life specialists, people who work with children to help them understand a cancer experience or any kind of medical experience. But these women also are impacted by cancer and are also moms, right? So they can speak from their expertise. They can speak from their personal experience as a cancer survivor and as a mom. And then they bring all of that information and talk to us as their audience about how to teach our kids about what we're going through, right? The right time to do it, you know, the right words, the right tools. And so that we can all grow as a community because this parenting question is the question I get more than just about anything else. Mm. How do I parent through cancer, right? But that's just one example. Our relationships, our, our relationships with our spouse, so much of our who we are shifts in and through cancer. And it's hard to show that to our spouse sometimes. But at the same time, our spouse has shifted because they have watched us change. And so we're all shifting together. But if we're not really honest about that, it can create long-term problems in our relationship. So it's just all of these different 
they seem small, perhaps shifts in who we are, but when you add them together, it becomes quite a burden on us if we think we're the only ones going through it, right? Mm -hmm. Some people I think think I'm not strong enough. Everybody else had this cancer thing worked out, but maybe I'm not strong enough. That's why I'm still having a hard time emotionally. That's why I'm still struggling. But here I'm trying to say, this is typical, right? This is a very normal response to cancer. And I want us all to acknowledge that in ourselves and in others. Because if I think, well, if we come together on this platform, we will feel known, right? We will feel like, Oh, these guys get it, man. I'm so happy to be here. And then on the backside of the Rise platform, we have um, a community platform. And if you join that, we have cancer coaches who will take you where you are, really talk with you, give you guided questions to process, but then also help you move forward and process some of these hurts that you see on the front side, whether it's around parenting or relationship or finances or whatever, they can help you sort of mentally get your mind around it and move forward with that as well. That's really powerful, Lauren, really, truly powerful. And knowing that you've created all this, these online resources for community to learn, grow, and find clarities is really huge, especially during the pandemic, right? When it was like, oh, there's a huge hole of, you know, people are not acknowledging or there's not enough resources online. And so creating this, what you have created with Rise is is huge. And and just kind of reflecting too, you know, here at Wellness Within, through the pandemic, it did give us that opportunity to develop online resources as well because our community needed it. And so with creating, you know, a bunch of online resources and moving to online classes, we developed and launched Beacon, which is our self-paced online system as a place to learn and practice wellness throughout the cancer experience. So, so creating, again, creating these online spaces and online information is, is huge in times of isolation. And that's one of your pillars, right? That big part is isolation. And I know when we talked briefly last time too, you also mentioned that there's more plans for Rise in the future too, which is exciting in, in terms of more community community connection. And you also kind of mentioned too, just on the backside, there is that community. Can you speak a little bit more to the coming together with community? Definitely. Yeah. I really want us to have a virtual place where we can come together and know that we're a community. We're known in this space, right? I feel like there's not a lot of that available to the cancer community a virtual space. There's, there's physical places, but the place where we can all come together. So what I've created is on the back end, these categories where you can find where you are in your healing process emotionally. So when you get into that section, you can say, all of these people are in the same raw place that I'm in, or all of these people have started to grow, but we're just, you know, we're just beginning and it's so tender and it's so just so tender. And then you can be supported in those sections. So again, even in the cancer experience, we're creating sort of microcosms where you can feel even more known in exactly where you are. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we're hoping to, in this coming year, expand into the Latino community and create a Spanish speaking version of RISE to reach that community because I think they have even more needs to find community because there's fewer options available. Absolutely. And then also in this fall, we're going to have our first Rise community conference where we're all going to go on retreat together and we're bringing in some of these speakers that are featured on their platform and they will be there leading small groups. We're going to, again, engage in nature, have time outdoors, um, but we're going to start creating 
physical spaces where anyone who's in the community can actually come together, spend time together, both in nature and with these resources. Um, and so I've said many times, but when you're going through trauma, a virtual relationship is not enough. And probably it's never enough, right? But <laughs> we like to think it is. But yeah. during times of trauma and healing, processing fear, we have to have face-to-face -face people. It is just so important. There's something more that happens um, yes. when you're next to each other. And, and it's so much more easy to be wrong, vulnerable too, when you're sitting next to someone who has the exact same internal landscape that you have, right? Mm -hmm. And so we want to really, this year at Adventure Therapy, it's all about bringing community back together. We are having um, adventure retreats for families. We're going to have educational retreats with the RISE community. And it's, it is our priority for this year. That's beautiful. I love that. And just to kind of speak a little bit more to that, that community as aspect too, and you talked about the importance of coming together and like, there's something else that really takes place when you're able to sit in presence with others. And, you know, for example, there's a, a study, I think it was 2006 that showed women with breast cancer who had social support community had a lower risk of dying from cancer. There's research that shows this importance. And then there's also the experience, you know, as us both being cancer survivors, I've experienced, I know you've probably experienced it. And also, you know, now being part of these organizations, I've witnessed it in others what that power of community coming together and being in presence with one another in that similar shared experience. I, I think that is so powerful right now, especially out of, as we move out of the pandemic. So I'm so excited to, to see what you guys do and, 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 and witness how you continue to grow in that realm as well. So as we wrap up our conversation today, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners at all? I want everyone to know that you're not alone and whatever you're feeling right now, it is not, you're not the only one through this cancer experience. Like I said, our, our internal landscape, the way we feel the what you know, the way we've been shaped, we're all so very similar. It doesn't matter if you've been diagnosed 30 years ago or last week, those sort of scars of the heart are the same. And I have spoken to people who've been diagnosed 30 years ago and spoken to people who were diagnosed yesterday, and we all say and feel such similar things. And so that is really what I want everyone to understand that if you can just find one other survivor, wherever you are, that you can meet for coffee once a month, you will feel so much more complete. I don't know if that's the right word, but you'll, you'll just feel at ease maybe understood. because you definitely understood, acknowledged, you know, all of those things that we really need, because no matter how much you're loved, my husband loves me. He is amazing and the best. He still can't quite understand what I'm carrying. Right. He knows it in his mind. I've told him he knows it in his mind, but there's still one that gets really hard. He just doesn't quite always understand, but someone I barely know who's, who's got metastatic disease, I can sit next to her. We don't even have to talk about it. It just is on our face. We know what it feels like. And it, it's just so important. So wherever you are, please find, reach out, find one person, you know, maybe the same age, honestly, the same diagnosis doesn't matter as much, the same age, the same place in life. That is really what I find to be the most powerful connection. Um, and then just 
make a commitment to get together once a month that eliminates the isolation and minimizes that fear. And it helps you recreate your identity because together you can see sort of who you were, where you've gone through cancer. And together you can start building a relationship about who you want to be. And that's really where I, I have to say that we are the most resilient people. <laughs> you know, we have gone through so much hurt and trauma. If we can just shed that fear, you know, live with that uncertainty, but not let it stop us. You know, we have to separate fear and uncertainty. They're different things, right? But it's okay to live with uncertainty in our life once yes. you've been diagnosed with cancer. But if you can just be okay with that uncertainty and start dreaming, you'll find there's so much less to fear in the world. You can do anything. Like we are so, we're strong, we're powerful. We've been created in a different way now that we've gone through this cancer fire. Yes. And, and it's so important that we start tapping into that strength. Most of us get really tied up with the fear and, and yeah. that strength goes untouched, but I, I'm just here to encourage you find one person and every month get together and really bring out the strength in each other. Because I, I know that we all have the ability to bring amazing change to the cancer community and to the world. If we can just push past that fear. Thank you so much, Lauren. That was absolutely beautiful. And I just wanted to say um, to our listeners, the best way to find Lauren and more information about Adventure Therapy Foundation is going to be on her website. So again, Lauren, your website is? Yeah, we have a website at adventurefound.org. And then you can also check out www.risefound.org. Wonderful. Thank you. And so to our listeners, I'll go ahead and post those links as well in the episode show notes too. But thank you again, Lauren, so much. Your work is invaluable. And I look forward to seeing all that you and your organization continue to do. And thank you to our listeners for joining. Please take a moment to rate and review our podcast. Taking this moment to rate, review, and share our podcast with others helps us reach more people who can greatly benefit from our services. And make sure to subscribe as we have even more conversations conversations with experts and meditations coming your way. Take good care, everyone, and thank you.